Welcome to our podcast, a quest to engage and unpack our African experiences, a celebration of our identities, our successes, a fearless voyage into ourselves. Sazi. Hey now. Hey, hey. Welcome back. Bienvenue. Bonjour. Saubona. Dunala. <laughs> yes, I'm on the high of the language uh, episode, languages episode. But speaking of highs, um, so we're just chatting it out today, right? We're just going to have a girl chat covering Njeh, the topical things that have been happening around us. Mm-hmm. And then we have a guest lined up from Botswana to tell us about how to look our best mm-hmm. as we approach the silly season. Oh, yeah, we need that. <laughs> so what's the tea, Patricia? Oh, my God. I think one of the biggest tea that we, we need to start is like, Bernaboy, the concert, the drama around Bernaboy concert. If you remember in our last, uh, in our spring ep- episode, we had a little gig guide and we were talking about the um, upcoming Bernaboy concert. On the, it was scheduled for the 24th of September. But guess what? What? It didn't happen. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. So you want to talk about it or should I? Or? Well, I think we. Oh, South Africans, some clarity, or maybe some South Africans just are not aware, right? Like, so the the context of the Burner Boy concert cancellation had to do with the promoters and other sort of things. And there was a sect of South Africans who were like, yeah, Burner Boy, what did you expect? We're not down for you because you're not down for us. Because once upon a time, many moons ago, many, um, many moons ago, Burner Boy, in fact, it was in response to like the xenophobic attacks in Southern Africa or in South Africa. Let's not blame it on the region. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, in Um, South Africa. And Burner Boy took a stance that he was never going to perform in South Africa again because we were not being nice or civil to our fellow Africans Mm -hmm. who live here. And so it was at that juncture that South Africans were like, oh, it's like that. Yeah. But... There's been some sort of peace since, um, because AKA actually also was one of these South Africans who was like, oh, is it like that, Brenda Boy? You yeah. built yourself on South African audiences. <laughs> we collaborated with you. In, and you then know? now you are like turning your back on us, basically. Yes. Mm. But since, because he performed at the DSTV Delicious Festival last year. He did. And there was a swarm of people like... You know, at the stage, or yes. not at the stage, but there at the in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, yes, let me tell you, I was there, and people. It's estimated that it was around between sixty and eighty thousand of people. Yeah, the reception was great. People they were singing every of his songs. Every, I mean, every lyrics to his song, and yeah, we thought it was like the big reconciliation. So. When we heard that the stadium did, I mean, the tickets at the stadium didn't sell and all the drama, yeah, it was a bit interesting. Do you believe that Burner Boy could sell F&B Stadium? Because F&B Stadium is the, like the largest stadium for concerts in this country. Yeah. People were saying that he was trying to top Casper, <laughs> who went and did the F&B, fill the fill dome, up, fill, fill the, the stadium. F&B, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think Burner Boy has that capacity to fill the F&B stadium? For me, like definitely. For me, I think he could fill that stadium, although some other people disagree. For me, I think it was a problem of marketing. They announced this concert like two months ago. I feel like for this type of venue, you need really to uh, to give yourself at least six, eight, even a year. You mm-hmm. know these big acts like when Justin Bieber 
came to the same stadium, they will be maybe maybe like 10 months in advance, they, they will be telling you, oh, next year, November, Justin Bieber is coming, so-and-so is coming. So I feel like it was a problem of marketing. Also, the two months was, was a bit short. And also, let's face it, I mean, the economy is bad. There's inflation. To be able to go there and buy a 900 uh, rand tickets, uh, so I, I think that's that's one of the, um, the the problems. And also, apparently, it was it has more to do with misman- mismanagement. Of there's funds, a, mm, yeah. There's a lot of drama with with the promoter. So apparently, one of the promoter came in, is a Nigerian based in the US. It took some investor like, oh, let's go and fill up the, let, let's go and do these things. It took some money from the investors and it swindled them. So now they're busy blaming each other. Uh, it's used. One said that he was selling tickets and he took all the money. And apparently the investors, he was sending money and he didn't secure, he didn't pay. I think they didn't secure the FNB stadium, the, uh, the ticket company. So. I think there's a lot of mismanagement and someone someone has been swindled or someone. So there's a bit of a F&B stadium swindling situation. I, I agree with you. I honestly believe that Bernabeu has the potential to fill F&B yes. stadium if it was marketed correctly, if things were in order. So I, I don't think Bernabeu as an individual is at fault here in any way. Mm. Um, other than who he aligned himself with for delivering this uh, performance. But I think Boy is on the right side of the story. Um, yeah, for this one, I mean, he's like, yeah, it's really the, I think one one of the investors even um, opened a case at the police uh, mm. station against yeah, the Yeah, charges have been laid against yeah. this guy. So, um, and I also think South African audiences have forgiven him, but also the people who live in this country are not only South Africans. That's <laughs> so what I wanted to say. There's I a lot of feel Nigerians. like there's enough Nigerians in this Ghanaian. country, <laughs> Ghanaians, Zimbabweans, other Africans who Congolese. would gladly go and show love for Bonaboy. Yeah, and also this story of that, people are saying that only like 1.5 tickets were sold. Do you believe that? I feel like it's um, a bit low. What I heard was that there was, so there were tickets of different uh, categories mm-hmm. and there was a ticket that was priced at 1.5 and all of those tickets I hear were sold out, the 1.5 oh. tickets. That's the version of the story okay. that I heard, not that it was just 1.5 tickets oh. that were sold. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ogsalayo, I don't think Bernard Boy has done anything wrong. I hope South he, Africans, let's yeah. reconcile and get over ourselves and move on. <laughs> yeah, true. And I hope he comes back in better circumstances because I feel like, I, I think he's a great performer. I mean, I enjoy his concert and he's, he's got a huge fan base. And if things are right and he comes back again, I'm sure he can. I have never seen Bernard Boy perform. I must admit that mm-hmm. I was scrambling for tickets. At the time, uh, I know I'm outing myself because I'm the, the very same person who said you must pay for tickets. But <laughs> in the same vein, I did see Burner Boy's Tiny Desk concert, and oh. that was underwhelming. And I mean, yeah. granted, it was years ago, but I so when I saw that, I was like, ooh, Burner Boy, I'm not going to pay money to see this guy. He was a bit underwhelming in the NPR Tiny Desk concert. But shout out to his backup singer in that thing. She had life. Like, I was actually looking to see if she had music of her own. Oh. Because I was I so I taken by her performance. Um, but yeah, so that was Burnable. Mm-hmm. And all of his debacles. And I wish him well on any tours he has left for the year. And in general, I, I, I don't have beef. You know, we're good. 
Hey, Berna. <laughs> Um, yeah. Other news? Talking about uh, concerts, um, so Renaissance concert uh, came to an end. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, this week. I think she, I'm not sure which city, was it Kansas or something? I'm not sure in which state or which city. Maybe it was in Los Angeles, but she concluded her, her tour. And apparently she set some records there. Um, she, it was one of the highest, uh, grossing tour. Not, yeah, she toppled, I think, the, the list of the, uh, highest, uh, grossing tour by a female artist of all time. And I think, uh, the, the, the tour, um, grossed around, uh, 580 million of dollars. So she's ahead of Taylor Swift at the stage then. I think she's ahead, and and twi- Taylor Swift would would come second because yeah. I hear she's also making great numbers with her concert. So Taylor Swift and Beyonce they were the big concert of this summer. Um, Taylor Swift in the U.S. and uh, Beyonce around um, Europe and the U.S. Yeah, Beyonce doesn't like to come perform in Africa, huh? Your girl. I wanted. To, you know what people are saying? I don't know if it's true, but I hear some people with friends in high places. They are saying that she could actually schedule a tour, uh, um, maybe in, possibly in Africa or the rest. I mean, the continent that she didn't. Uh, the global south. Yeah, basically. the co- yeah the global south. I like that name. Apparently, she's scheduling something there, and I'm sure she will fill up FNB Stadium in no time. What do you think? I mean, sure. Okay, look, yes, Beyonce can very clearly fill up F&B Stadium. I heard in the past, though, that the reason why she hadn't been to perform in the African continent is because we can't afford her ticket prices. And don't forget, this is the same person who people in America were like, they can't afford their ticket prices and it was cheaper for them to go watch her in Sweden than in the United States. Yeah, but talking about ticket prices, there is really this trend, which I think is worrying, that is happening. Concerts are becoming... Ex, like super expensive like I love Beyonce but I was ch- checking like the prices of yeah people they were even Taylor Swift people are paying an arm and a leg to now go and see these artists performing live what would you think is a reasonable cost in my head I actually think I think this is what's happening mm-hmm. I think tickets are actually being valued to match the work that's being put in and for audiences it's a bit like whoa and maybe it's because they're not finding enough sponsors to uh to to fill up that gap but if you actually consider what goes into a concert these are not people who just woke up today to come and perform for you these are people who have been training and rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing and there's flights and there's accommodation and there's marketing like the costs here are Enormous. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. You've got a point there. Even w- just looking at some visual from Renaissance, it's massive. It's like lights. Yeah, the production, the dancers, and it th- it's three hours, which is a long concert. Exactly. Mm. So now imagine that. Yo. How much would you want to be paid for <laughs> performing for three hours on I, stage? You know, I think um, from working in the media and these things of having media accreditation, whatever, it's giving me bad habits. So <laughs> definitely, I thought to myself that I'm opening a Beyonce sort of a bucket list of accounts. So whatever the price, I'll be able to pay it. And I've. And, 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 and I've seen also that Usher is announcing a tour. You see, he's been doing this um, Las Vegas thing and he went to Paris and apparently he's announcing a global world tour. I've seen uh, Usher like three times. He's a great performer and definitely I will go. I think I'm supporting all my 50, 50s, whatever. You know, people are in the 50s and they're showing these kids that they can. I'm supporting them. <laughs> Usher's not in his 50s. 
yet. It's 50. Asha. No, not 50, 40. Sorry. Yes, sorry, sorry. Okay. Ooh. No, guys. Like, I, was talking, <laughs> I was talking about 40 yet. So, so they all reached their fourth year. Beyonce just turned 40 recently, I think, mm-hmm. last year. And Usher. Oh, guys. No, sorry. I'm supporting uh, my peers. peers being 40s <laughs> and showing the kids how things are done. <laughs> yes, because Usher has been named as the performing act for the, what's the thing Super in Bowl. America? Super yes, Bowl. the Super Bowl. So he's, yes, so the idea is that after his Super Bowl performance, he's going to then kickstart his world tour. Yeah. I have yet to see Africa, I mean, Africa, I have yet to see Asha performing. Um, oh, it was here in South Africa, Orlando Stadium in, I forgot the, was it t- 2010, 2010? I can remember. Mm. Um, I wonder if I would pay money to see Asha. Have you seen uh, the visual of him performing as the Las Vegas uh, Las Vegas residency? No, I haven't seen any. Uh, maybe, yeah. Okay, for me, based on that I've seen in live, it's also a very energetic performer. Very like, yeah, very like, you feel like whatever you see in a music video, that's what you see him doing on, uh, on stage. And seeing all these... Um, uh, Las Vegas residency. It feels like it's very intimate with the the, the crowd. is chatting, serenading the ladies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, ooh, so I'm gonna open an account with money for Renaissance and, and Usher. Usher. Yeah. You must know I can probably <laughs> sing along to much of his catalog. Yes. So I don't understand mm. where the hesitancy comes in. We'll but okay, go we'll together, s- guys. We're going together, and we'll let you know <laughs> how the Usher calls. He hasn't even given dates, but okay, sure. <laughs> Yeah, and just going back quickly to Renaissance Apprentices, um, there will be a r- movie around the the concert, just like she did for with Homecoming. Yes, just how she did with Homecoming, the old Coachella concert. So yeah, so she's doing. I think I believe Taylor Swift also said they're all doing an after movie of the concert. But now I hear Blue Ivy is like a rich little girl now because of how? her performing on the tour. Is she not getting paid for her performance? Oh, okay. I thought it was really like take your child to work, whatever. But knowing how they do stuff, I'm sure she was getting paid. And of course, Beyonce is not going to make her girl no, work and yeah. like not give her her due. But have you seen the evolution though? How she's starting and the choreography was not, you know, and the finishing like. I've seen some before and after. Oh, she learned the move then. Ah, she's ready to be a rock star. It reminded me a little of her own mother. Um, when they were in Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. I was of the opinion that Beyonce was not the strongest dancer, oh, uh, especially okay. among the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have seen her put in the work. Yes. And to who she was, let's say maybe four years ago, because <laughs> I understand people say that this Renaissance uh, performance has been not the most exerting of Beyonce. Like the movements are a bit, you know, just milder is what I'm hearing about other people. I, I think it was like that at the beginning. Some okay. people, they were even thinking like, does she have like a, a injury problem. or something? But the first two or three concerts, she was really not moving. But then, yeah, she picked up the pace. Okay, So you see, so that mm. story of Beyonce, <laughs> Blue Ivy in this tour from yeah. the beginning to the end is is a sort of... Yeah, a testament to her mother's own um, journey and Mm. she's leaving it. In fact, one of my, you must know, I don't want to follow Beyonce, right? Like Mm -hmm. she comes onto my feed. I don't Mm -hmm. go looking for her. Like she's she's everywhere. everywhere. And there's nowhere I can actually remove like feeds I don't want to see Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the Kardashians, basically. Essentially, (laughs) yes. But the Kardashians I have time for. Wow. Um, Yes. We need to talk about this. No, they're not pan African. (laughs) Oh, yes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But they got pan African partners. So, anyway. Um, Beyonce, 
Oh, the thing that really warms me about this whole thing is the fact that the crowd have been so supportive of Blue Ivy in this, you know. They all embraced her from the beginning. They embraced her right through to the end. And I think she, as a young girl, had a realization of appreciation for people in the end, you know. Mm. So I think whatever little personal growth story she underwent... uh, because of the audiences, I'm here for that, and I thought that was warm. Can you imagine the stories that she's she's gonna back go back with at school? I mean, if she if she if she does the normal schooling, like, you know, there's always this question: How was your summer? And you will be like, Oh, I went on tour with my mom of I don't know 50 dates, whatever. That's that's crazy. But we can't speak about Beyonce yeah. without now speaking about my person, Tupac, yes, because you know, let's go. <laughs> there were some groundbreaking revelations there that with is, Tupac. That is so crazy. I saw that and I was like, What? An arrest has been made. Finally. A gentleman by the name of Kefi D has been arrested 27 years after the death of Tupac, who was 25 at the time Mm. of his passing. And he was, or he's been pegged as the guy who called the hit on Tupac. He was, in fact, there in Las Vegas. um, And the story is Tupac got into a scuffle with uh, Kefi D's sort of niece, someone, Anderson. um, And... After the scuffle, there was a big brawl and there were video cameras and the likes of it. I mean, everybody yes. always thought that... It was B.I.G. versus Tupac. Or Suge Knight. Mm. Or, but then people were like, no, but he had this beef with Orlando Samangmang there yes. in Las Vegas. It That's has to Orlando be person. that. So they've ruled out Suge Knight. They've ruled out <gasps> anything to do with uh, the East Coast. Yes. And they've now pinned down... Kefi D. I think as uh, Tupac fans, as people who, who grew up in the 90s, we really deserve to know the truth because I feel like all of us were deeply invested in this Tupac and versus B.I.G. killing and for the longest time we thought it was a consequence of this East Coast mm. versus West Coast uh, beef and now just to see it's just all this silly, I don't know, can I call it gang, mm. um, local Los Angeles gang members or something like that, but yeah, this is something that we definitely need to see uh, to follow up and it's, yeah, it's groundbreaking. Yeah, so I was like so touched on that day I was, oh. somebody was asking me are you okay? <laughs> I am okay. It's a, it's a good okay. Yeah. Um, because I was reflecting on where I was in like 97 or 96 rather. Um, and that was a painful year for me. Mm. I was So we were listening to the posthumous album of Tupac. Well, not even all of it, just like a song. And I was explaining mm-hmm. to somebody that it, it really took, it was a painful album for me to ingest and listen to and be with because he was late and all of that stuff so when they announced that this guy had been arrested i revisited it and i guess i revisited those feelings a little bit but cherry on top um a good good dear beloved friend of mine lindy who's out in washington dc for my birthday so she she bought this for my birthday but i only got it from her in july she got me like a a uh, magazine chronicling Tupac 25 years after like his this passing. Year, this yes, year's this birthday. year. Oh my God, you need to share that. I, I do. Yeah. I, I have been, it's sitting there. I haven't even started reading it, to be honest. I don't know what I'm waiting for. I don't know, like, I just feel like... <gasps> Oh my God, is it like a memor- memorabilia magazine type it's of stuff? It's a memorabilia like, magazine, yeah. Oh. So it was released as part of the, all of these are archival things just commemorating him and remembering him and the likes thereof. Mm. So thank you, Lindy. Oh, I needed wow. this. And talking about this Tupac story, uh, this KFD guy, apparently he was, um, people, they were able to pin him, to pin him as the, um, as the main main guy of Tupac murder because he's been going around and doing interview. I don't know if you heard about this famous um, DJ Vlad 
person. He does a lot of interview, a lot of crazy, controversial interviews. Basically, just people will sit there and they're just talking, talking, talking. So apparently, he did those interview with um, on DJ Vlad platform, uh, hip hop fanatics. I'm sure you know uh, who this, uh, those DJ Vlad interviews, and he's basically just uh, implicating him, uh, himself. Just, you know, trying to look good and have all these podcast interview and stuff. Yeah, he has been vocal about the fact that he was there. Mm. Um, and he was like, yeah, it took you guys so long to get to this. Any <gasps> He's been arrested and I'm grateful. Yes. So, yeah. yay, Las Vegas police. Yeah, um, and he, he, he must pay for this crime. So starting anew now because, um, so yes, these things are all settling and stuff. In Southern Africa, in fact, September marks the beginning of the new year on the African calendar. Uh, September is called Umandulo in the Zulu-like language. That's what September is. And um, in the African new year would be called Inzalo Yelanga. So this moment now, we, I mean, spring is behind us. Um, We're going through summer, yeah? We're going... Summer only starts in December, child. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was just saying, so we're at the beginning of spring. Okay. Which okay. is also the beginning of the African New Year. Oh, so okay. Happy New Year, Patricia. Happy New Year. You happy know, New Year, listeners. Listeners, Happy New Year. I was very... Um, this is a revelation for me um, about this New Year. Uh, I was describing the South African, Southern uh, African calendar. And this really goes back to our previous episode about uh, languages, African languages and the way we were correctly naming things. Because for me, it doesn't make sense to start the year in January. And wh- while you're in, in South Africa, in Southern Africa, you can see that's in September. It's basically a renaissance. I mean, flowers come come back, the colors, the sun, everything. So it makes sense. That's yeah, because September would be considered after the dry season, right? Yes. And September is meant to come rains, is meant to come fruition animals in general give birth in september like if you had a dog or deer or a pet your dogs should be having puppies right about Mm -hmm. now bloom of plants um you know the plants blossom so everything to do with new like everything just gets born again so it's really fit with the name zazi the swahili name what we are saying buzazi it's fertility coming to fruition and oh when i read that it was so life-changing for me i was like that's why i love i love september and also the um, jacaranda trees blooming it's my favorite 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 thing oh yeah those are pretty mm-hmm. they're actually from i thought they were from australia but they're from southern America, America yeah. I think, yes. I really thought it was a Southern Af- South African thing. We've got that in Congo as well, in my region. You've and, got uh, jacarandas yes, in Congo? Yes, in, in, like in my region, yeah. not everywhere. But we also, this is why I really love uh, September, October here, because it reminds me of growing up and some really streets in my also um, home neighborhood filled up with jacaranda trees. I need to see visuals of that. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll look for some if, if I can find. Unfortunately, there's a, there've been a lot of not deforestation, but you know, when cutting mm. of trees and not replacing them, and it's not like it used to be while I was growing up in the 80s, 90s. Um, but now, looking forward, so we're in September now, we're waking up, we're stretching into new seasons, mm-hmm. and then we want to get fly for summer, right? Yes. Um, allegedly, summer bodies are made in winter, <laughs> but I think in real life, people, when the weather warms up, you're like, woo! Time to go out. (laughs) So this is a great segue to introduce, or at least to let you know about our next guest, who is Dudu Tebape from Botswana Gaborone, and she is the founder of a range called Nubian Seed. So we're going to get her to talk to us about how to 
best care for ourselves with the indigenous ingredients that are available to us on this rich, rich continent of ours. Um, so without any further ado, let's get chatting to Dudu. Yeah, let's get in. Looking forward to it. So, Dudu Tibape of Nubian Seed, welcome to Zazi. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So, we've told ourselves, I'm here with my colleague Patricia. Hi, Dudu. Hi, Patricia. And we thought that you might be the best person to give us guidance on how to best care for our skin and look radiant and fresh for the summer season, which is fast approaching. But equally, for our listeners out in the colder parts of this world, how can they, you know, lather themselves up and be gorgeous and gracious through their winter seasons or the autumn seasons that they are living through in this moment? Indeed, um, it would be my pleasure. I mean, that is something I think I may know one or two things about, so it, I would be um, definitely excited to share some tips um, of what I do know, um, you know, that is, you know, if I can help us maintain um, healthy skin. Well, actually, and looking at mom. No, I was going to say, before we even get to the tips, because I'm actually really interested in how you got here. How did you decide one day that, okay, this is the space you want to occupy? You call yourself an apakathe. Ooh, what's that word there in Skoa you identify yourself as? Say that again, please, where I call ourselves an apothecary. Apothecary. What is that? Um, so the, 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 what I think or what I believe is what brought me to this conversation, which I'm really happy to be a part of, is that I'm the co-founder of a company called Nubian Seed. Um, and Nubian Seed is a personal care company that um, we manufacture or produce um, skin and or personal care products using indigenous African botanical ingredients. So that's, um, you know, that's the first entrance to what, you know, has got me start well, part of this conversation. But even more, um, perhaps you're also asking what got me interested in that space as, um, um, as, a, as, as, as a place of business. Now, Correct. when I say um, maybe in Seed Apothecary, um, because of, I'll have to take us a little bit back into history just to say that once upon a time, our pharmacies were, or what is now known as pharmacies, were actually, um, were in fact, uh, what can I say? Um, yeah, like pharmacies, but with plants and herbs and, you know, all things of nature is actually what people used to use once upon a time for, for medicinal purposes, not just um, in our indigenous African cultures, but even, you know, the, really across the, across the globe that what happened. And these, what are now called pharmacies, are what is what used to be called um, apothecaries. And um, the person who led what we now would call a pharmacist, um, that person was the was the, was the alchemist. So mm-hmm. it's so what when in I in calling Nubian seed, um, you know, in it being what I describe as an apothecary, a pers- you know, a skincare apothecary, it's really playing on that, you know, tapping into that history and that um, that foundation. Because while we aren't giving um, medicines, they, you know, our products are healing solutions for for personal care use. And um, yes, at one tier of what and why it is what we do, we're a skincare company max- manufacturing personal care products. But um, it is not. Uh, it, it's not. It's not to be ignored that it is with indigenous natural ingredients, botanical ones, so to speak. So, in addition to the products having 
um, you know, if, you know, being effective for use on personal care reasons. There's also a layer deeper that we can go and as far as our interaction with the Nubian seed products. And for me, that's one way I believe is to connect one to the earth, which, um, you know, some people who are familiar with these sort of expressions or ways of thought is that we know that connecting with the earth and things of nature in itself is a layer of, um, is a tool or can be considered a tool for healing, whether it is spiritual, whether it is personal care, whether it is skin care. Um, yeah, or, or, you know, even, or even mindfulness. So in some, in some facets, I also describe the company as a mindful skincare brand as well. So that's just a little bit of background about who it is, um, what it is Nubian Seed Apothecary is, why that words. Um, it does, it's not always that I need to say so much about it to describe it, but, you know, given the opportunity of time for this conversation, I'm glad to have delved deeper into what the definition of that word uh, is or in our, how we interpret what an apothecary is. Thank you for that information. Emma, you're welcome. I was also keen to find out about, you say they sustainably sourced um, ingredients. How, what does sustainably yes. sourcing these things look like? Are you farming? Are you walking in the wilderness? <laughs> I wish that would sound like such fun. <laughs> <laughs> Actually sounds like it's like, a day well spent. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not walking in the wilderness, but I do love to do that kind of stuff. That forms part of the daydreaming and, you know, the inspiration. But um, when I say, or when a green beauty company, which is what Nubian Seed is, when it says that it is sustainably sourcing um, and when it is truly practicing as a an ethical green uh, green brand, even if it's not a, a you know a, a, a beauty or a skincare company, sustainably sourcing means what is you know does my sourcing uh, not affect or my or Nubian seed sourcing ingredients, its raw ingredients, which we stay harping on about being sourced from the indigenous communities that they are, you know, that they originate from, is it with no harm left behind um, from the place, people or things that we are sourcing from? So sustainably sourced, you know, um, really means um, um, sourcing without, without damage, sourcing with, um, with community in mind, sourcing with a country of origin or place of origin in mind. It also means sourcing with... Uh, how can I say, um, multiple economic benefit in mind as well. Um, so that's really what we, and when I say multiple, of course, I'm saying I hope that the, or in practice and in source and choosing my suppliers, the Marula oil, for example, that I source, I know for a fact that the company that, you know, processes this oil works very closely with women who live in communities across Botswana, um, and has, and they source from them. So in across this value chain, sustainably sourcing locally looks like that. Um, another one of our signature ingredients is unrefined shea butter. And yes, you know, I mean, there's there's only so much one can do. I'm saying we're green beauty blend, but then I'm about to say that I source our shea butter directly from West Africa. Someone else, or Ghana specifically, actually, I source ours from Ghana. And someone will say, well, the airplane fumes mm-hmm. or the train fumes or the ship, you know, does that not affect, uh, you know, the environment? And yeah, I mean, there's sometimes, you know, we cannot check all the boxes, but yeah. an attempt we make even in sourcing from further African countries is in maintaining true to the country of origin of these indigenous ingredients that we used in our in our range. 
you just mentioned the marula oil and the um, shea butter. What are the most features uh, ingredients in your product? Can you tell us a bit uh, more of that? Okay, well, the the the, the most featured the most featured raw ingredients. I mean, it depends. I will. I'll have to say what our value prop is. You know, mm. and that's our our promise or what it is that we stand to do. And that is, um, you know, utilizing indigenous botanical and otherwise bio derived ingredients or mm. uh, raw ingredients from across the African continent. So with that in mind and with that in practice in formulating or creating our products, that means then that while there might not be one example, one specifically, but if I'm to really, really say because it's the one ingredient, the one thing that we first started selling and one of the ingredients that we use to sort of uh, start building on our product line with, I would definitely say unrefined shea butter features a lot mm. in our cream, in our cream uh, balm, um, yeah, cream balm and now even soap-based products as well. As far as oils, they're really quite ranging. I mean, yes, Murula oil. Um, in in Botswana, we call it Murula. I know that oh. internationally and even in South Africa, we're now calling it Marula. Um, but yeah, Murula oil does feature in, um, in, in the product range, in a certain range of products. You know, like we've got a lip balm with it, a sugar scrub. Um, gosh, yeah. So I think, yeah, unrefined shea butter and Murula. And Zemenia, actually. Zemenia is like, in fact, before Murula, I would say Zemenia. In Zizona, that one is called Moretoloja. Moretoloja in English is sour plum. Oh. And in across the across the globe, the oil itself is known as the menia oil. The one that we are, if you want to get into the scientifics of it, there are two types of it. There's a menia kafra and there's a menia americana. Now, because, only because of the way that there's been more studies on this particular one, you will find that more in use by cosmetic and skincare companies is America the menia americana. But that is also something that is indigenous to Botswana. When you say moretoloja, people will We'll start thinking about the cattle poles, and it start ringing memories of those of those places because it is um, a tree shrub that you know that bears these sour plum fruits that a lot of us locally are familiar with. So I try to incorporate um, you know ingredients that may tell a story, sometimes have a bit of nostalgia, but the thing that first informs why I'm going to use an ingredient is: is this something that can be used in skincare? Is it uh, or personal care? Is it effective? You know, what are the benefits? of it and then you know just by virtue of them being indigenous bio-derived you'll find that there are all these other layers um that of 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 uh, that uh, of uh, about the ingredient itself that present and will inform why it is that will feature so mm. um i think in 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 a nutshell i'm saying there isn't one particular one okay. they really are quite varied i mean i've got rose hip oil from Lesotho. Um, our coconut oil is, you know, of Mozambican origin, although we source that um, from a supplier based in South Africa. Um, I use avocado oil, you know, that's also of South African origin. So this is just to demonstrate that there's not one signature ingredient. Mm -hmm. um, I really think we put Africa, we celebrate Africa and its green wealth, you know, in, our, in, our, in, in, in the product range in its entirety. This Muretuluha, is it that pink thing that has like white flesh? Yes, exactly that. And it's kind of better to taste. Mm. So our first people, um, you know, um, the, the sand people, they have, you know, of course, you know, I've already said first people, so I won't need to delve further into mm -hmm. that. Um, this 
shrub itself is something that, or the tree and the fruit itself, yes, the fruit was eaten there, but then once you get down to the nut or the seed, once you crack that open, they use the oil, you know, even to grease their spears, to make it smoother, to slide into the animals that they were poaching. It was also used as something that soothes their skin. You know, they made skincare products with it as well. Or I won't say products, but, you know, utilize it for their own personal care as well. Used to smooth their leather. So, yes, it is that one. I'm just now um, going down a rabbit hole of passion about, you know, just one example of an indigenous community that has used it, not even to say that it's only them who have, you know, way back when I'm sure I could get a few stories from my great grandmother um, where she's still here, you know, with us about how they used to use it as well. That's interesting. That is very interesting because I had no idea that that sour plum had Mm, any... Uh, benefits to me um, other than looking pretty on a tree <laughs> it definitely does once you get through the fruit I mean some people and, it's, and everything is utilized sustainably and there are recipes that exist for like wine you know how we have a lot of traditional wines in our you know different cultures in you know Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of us here in Botswana have different uh, uh, you know, beverages, alcoholic or otherwise, you know, that will speak to what's available in the land. So you can find them making muratuloha wine, you know, jams, you know, there's also like murula wine. I'm sure some have heard of this, jams, all of these things. So, yeah, there's... um. There's a lot that can be celebrated and utilized. Someone has once asked me, why have I, why do I only use African bio-derived and botanical ingredients? I said, I don't need to go anywhere. Why would I even need to go anywhere exactly. else? You know, if we have everything that we need, you know, I feel that way anyway. Agreed. I agree with you. Um, mm. So, so your bomb with them. Ooh, say it again. More, more, more toloha. More toloha. Um, what are the benefits of that bomb? as well as of the marula oil, because those are two ingredients. Well, the marula and marula, I'm really interested in that because I learned, so, you know, I'm aging. (laughs) And apparently (laughs) marula is a good thing to have in my bag of tricks. Certainly, certainly. And maybe just uh, we could, you know, use Murula and Muratuloha or Zemeni and I'll pick one or two others in taking us on to our discussion that we're having about benefits of, you know, what we can do to take mm. over our skin in different seasons. Murula oil in its, uh, in, you know, to, let me first say that when you're assessing the quality or the effect or the benefit or the, yeah, like the quality or what potential benefits for personal and skincare and oil has, you're concerned, one is concerned with its fatty acid content. Mm-hmm. So marula oil is very high in its oleolic or fatty acid content. A lot of us are already familiar with oils like olive oil and Moroccan argan oil. And it's um, interesting to note that marula oil actually has m- presents more of this fatty acid content than these two popularly known oils. Um, for this, which, which we already know have their own benefits for skin and hair and things like that. So number one, it's got, it's great with that. That makes it something that is deeply moisturizing. It also has, um, uh, it's written as vitamin E content, vitamin A content as well. So when you're looking at that, you know, you're thinking, okay, vitamin E helps with your dark marks, your blemishes, 
um, you know, and other concerns related to uh, just how skin is when it interacts with, you know, uh, you know, the environment. The vitamin A content means it's great in its antioxidant um, uh, capabilities. It also has a little bit of vitamin C. Um, all of these, I'm sure, when you're listening to advertising about skincare products, we'll hear these kind of words pop up. Oh, antioxidants, mm-hmm. you know, vitamin E, you know, those kind of things. Marula oil is quite... Um, is quite a star, you know, in, in, in its nutrient content where this is related. It's also multi-usage. So, yes, you know, our mature skin, I'm 41, you know, so apparently in skincare, they say once you hit 30, uh, once you hit that side of 30, your skin is now defined as maturing skin, the mature <laughs> oh. skin. So we start to want to focus on anti-aging things. So we know now because of its vitamin E content, it's also good for your anti-aging concerns. We'll address your fine lines, your blemishes. Um, it's also deeply moisturizing like I already said um, you know where it's fatty acid content because of that um, it's fatty acid content but it's not limited for use on your face you could also use it as a hair oil as well mm. it helps our hair you know grow it's great for scalp care um, another thing that I note or, uh, you know from this is and I, I don't know whether there's any science to back this up but it is my strong belief that you know utilizing um, you know you know natural ingredients that are from the same soil that we are from as well mm-hmm. have oh. a, have have you know interact in um in in a more familiar way with our skin you know so mm-hmm. and i mean i'm one example i've That's used moroccan argan oil for example which they do compare marula, marula oil to and i find that my skin it responds better, you know, while yes, argan oil has what it has and it's up in it's an excellent oil. I'm not dashing it at all, but I find that, you know, we are likely to interact um, in a, in a different way with a fruit or, a, you know, a plant or something that is indigenous even to where we are from. You know, once, you know, if you look at, for me, this information came from watching all of these, you know, archaeological documentaries and stuff. And you'll find that I once watched one where they were able to trace um, where a person was from by comparing their bone matter to the natural, like to the natural, wow. like the trees and the plants and the soil around it. And for me, if there's one way, if there's anything that could ever sort of um, solidify the saying that says, you know, we are one with the earth, you know, that is one example of that. And I feel like that is the reason why Rona, us from the Southern African region, interacting more with our own indigenous oils, our own indigenous products, we're likely to experience more efficacy in our skincare. So Murula Presents is a shared resource. You'll find it in Botswana, Namibia, South Africa, uh, Zimbabwe, even Kenya. There are parts of Eastern Africa where you'll find Marula um, as well. So for these reasons, I think that it's one that you may want to consider incorporating into, into your skincare routine. I actually appreciate the wisdom of that, especially because that tying us into the the soil and the nature with which we live among. Because, I mean, Mm. I used to spend a lot of money buying funny face care products with German and French names that were never (laughs) doing the trick. (laughs) If you know what I'm using on my face right now, like I actually just conceded to um, the Sunlight Green Bar. That is actually what I wash uh-huh. my face with. <laughs> a lot of people do use that. Yeah. It's interesting. I hear you. I mean, <laughs> and it's effective. You know, I, I'll reserve my comments on its chemical content <laughs> or its synthetic, you know. But, you know, but yes, you know, in fact, when I was a teenager, a prepubescent teen, that's actually the soap that saved me through, you know, um, you know, my high oily skin 
season. So yes, um, I can identify with that. And it's something that's you know what I mean, in its own way. But I need to evolve out of that. So which is why I'm having this conversation <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, we, I'm happy to take this further even offline. But yes, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think natural oils um, mm. that are, you know, from our region, you know, is um, I think, yeah, I, I, that's my own belief. And I don't know whether, I don't want to say I stand to be corrected because seeing in practice, you know, for me has made it true, you know, but, um, but yeah, I guess we all have different opinions and stuff like that, but that is strongly mine. So do try one, you know, one, one and see how it interacts with you, how you feel about it, you know, and like I've already said earlier in the conversation, the multi-layered, um, uh, benefit. I, I I try to communicate, or yeah, I do try to communicate in in using the Nubian seed products. Is that they are connecting you in one way to the mm. earth. You maybe not. I'm one who's likely to to carve out the time to go out into the wild, but some people maybe don't. You know, that's not their their idea of fun. But that moment where you're moisturizing your face, gamuruna oil, is a more if you you know if you make, you can make it a mindful moment. You mm. know, connecting with the earth by acknowledging even just in thought that you know. I'm using an oil from a fruit, you know, from the kernel of a fruit that grows, you know, in, you know what I mean? Like from the soil around me and, you know, in this way, like, and it's nourishing me as it does everything else and the other parts of it as you apply your skin to it. And there is a meditative or mindful moment that's connecting you to the earth through using a Nubian seed product. Um, I just wanted to ask, do you have any uh, sunscreen product? Because um, a lot of African uh, or people with dark skin don't believe in sunscreen. I don't know what you take on that. And if you offer any with all these um, indigenous uh, plants that you have around. Yeah, I mean, sun, sunscreen is important. You know, I've, we personally, I don't, we don't have a sunscreen in the range, mm. um, but it's not something that is, if you're trying to have a good skincare or healthy skin, it's not something we can get away with. The sun isn't what it used to be before, you mm. know, as far as its safety and, and, you know, how it can damage us. You know, we love the sun and all of that, but step number one, you know, it's not even about believing in it or not. You know, we really do need to incorporate sunscreen into us skincare particular routine particularly if you're not i wouldn't even say particularly if you spend a lot of time outside you know when i say the sun is and what it used to be before i'm referring to things of climate change and things yeah. like that so it's um it's harsher so when it's summer it's summer in a different way you know than than maybe a hundred years ago where we were able to just have the you know the the natural existing spf factor in some of these oils or in natural ingredients as our sunscreen so yes like unrefined shea butter you know in some in some articles you will see them say it has a natural spf factor but then the next sentence will often be something like but it's not certain how much exactly it is so you know that's obviously a personal choice a personal Mm -hmm. decision i wouldn't um officially recommend one not to use sunscreen nor rely only on the natural uh skincare sorry the natural spf factor that exists in some of the natural products, natural oils, not just the Nubian seed ones, but it is known out there that is. I feel like it's important to incorporate um, to incorporate that into our routine as well. Mm. So for our listeners in the colder territories at the moment, what sort mm. of hacks or natural ingredients should they have in their lives to keep them moisturized to whatever the challenges are in the drier seasons? Um, what are your hacks, well, particularly that you might have as Nubian seed? 
Yes. Um, well, definitely. I mean, much as I have, you know, spent a lot of time expressing the benefit of, you know, somebody from a certain region using, you know, their natural oils or, you know, like from their space that they are, you know, that they are from, it, it doesn't take away the existing efficacy of these ingredients or these oils in themselves. Unfortunately, the global economy and world that we live in has made it such that it's not just in Southern Africa or, you know, in Africa where we are using these natural indigenous oils. In fact, for us to now be calling Marula Marula mm-hmm. is because, you know, it, it became more commercial and utilized, you know, um, outside of us before uh, before we sort of have caught up to the commercial benefits. So, yes, those who are already following a... Uh, and, uh, you know, following a school of thought that, you know, encourages or those who believe in using natural stuff for their skin and for their hair and all would continue, I would con- I would advise them to continue on that path, you know, but specific to what ingredients um, or what type of products one could use in the colder regions, um, your your butter, your, your thicker sort of creams um, are the ones that, first of all, could help you, could help um, uh, shield the skin from harsh, cold, dry conditions, you know, um, the, the, the weather conditions. So, so something like unrefined shea butter, for example, or a thick oil like um, your like zimenia or moretuloja is something that you might want to consider incorporating into our skincare. Or even marula oil, of course, or marula, which is already quite popular and utilized um, uh, across, the, across the globe in the European Union, in America as well. There's a company that has a signature, uh, uses marula as its signature ingredient. Um, that is one of its suppliers. I have no, do know that they get it from Botswana. So this is to say to continue to keep your ears to the ground, you know, on what, you know, on, on, on using natural ingredients. But before you even get into the ingredients, you're thinking, how can I protect my skin or keep it healthy in the season? You know, so in the cold, you're looking for things that would, um, would put a barrier against the, you know, the harsh dry winds, the cold. So you want something that's deeply moisturizing, um, something that'll stay on for a while, not necessarily greasy. I know we have some concerns of, using an oil and then it you know feeling like you're now ready to cook you know to deep fry <laughs> something and that's my a particular difference between a synthetic oil and a natural oil i find that the natural oils or natural ingredients sort of absorb back into our skin in allowing you know sort of sort of digesting them you know just to use you know like the language that we use as if we're eating because i'm trying to communicate that the way that they are absorbed quite quickly by our body allows for the nutrient benefit to come out always always whether you're in cold weather or hot weather water you know skincare does as well start from within so paying attention to keeping our skin hydrated because yes you can use hydrating skincare products our our uh, brothers and sisters in the in the colder regions would want to stay hide keep their skin hydrated and then moisturize in our range we have things like um rose water um rosemary water which are you know the scientific word or the the industry term for them is hydrosols and that's really like steam distilled uh pl- um, steam distilled rose petals or steam distilled rosemary um you know and then that that the waste water that comes from that is what will then you be utilized as your toner or something to keep our hair hydrated so moisture and hydration are the two things that um that I would that I would say both from inside and also from outside as well for the colder region noted yes so um, i know i'm going to 
extract some stuff from you I will uh, at also. Nubian Seed. So please tell us where does one go to engage with your product to order. Yes, it okay. works. Um, great timing um, for this interview because at the end of November, we'll be launching our e-commerce site yes. and uh, it's open to outside of Botswana. Um, currently, I'm still playing around with it uh, so that it can distribute strictly in Botswana, but I'll be opening it up at the end of November to be able to um, to, sub, to, to sell to uh, people living in South Africa, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and Namibia to start. Um, by the end of November, and then after four months, see how that goes. Um, I hope to open it up to other regions as well. Um, that website is www.nubianseed.co.bw. Um, but in the interim, we are quite active um, sometimes <laughs> on social media. I'm laughing just because, yeah, it's been a while since I posted, but we are there, <laughs> we're here uh, on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, for now, we do actually operate as a virtual store, even pre-e-commerce website. So what happens is people will send an order to us through our WhatsApp line, we sell direct to consumer. Um, we do have safe payment ends that people are able to receive a link that they enter their card details um, to a safe you know, entity and then I receive the payment and then they get their products either delivered. Um, and right now, because we are, um, like I've said, it's um, mostly in Botswana, um, there's a, a collection point as well, but we also Korean nationwide. This is not to say that people living in South Africa and other countries listening right now couldn't order. We could obviously make other arrangements through the WhatsApp order, um, you know, not necessarily directly through the website, but um, this is just a little bit of info on where we're going, but how you can get your hands on the products now. Great. That is really awesome. Thank you so much for following Thank your you own curiosity time. into this world of apothecary, apothecary. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, I'm grateful. It's, a, it's always an honor to be uh, noticed for your work. You know, you guys are over there. I'm all the way over in my corner here in Botswana, so it's much appreciated that um, to get this um, this recognition um, for the work that I do here. We oh, see lovely. you, Ma. <laughs> we are now better prepared to look good for the coming months? Yes, I'm definitely going to order. And when she mentioned Metro Skin, this is a category where I'm falling in. (laughs) So I'll definitely have a look. And I like her tips on indigenous, how you are connected to the product of your own region. I'm going to have a look also of what's available uh, in my own region and just to see how I can connect better with some of the products. But I I have loved chatting with her. No, as of I, I feel Mm. so much knowledgeable -er. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, ready to take on the rest of this year. Yes, completely. So we're going to just be posting our glowing and shiny skin <laughs> to give you some testimonial. But yeah, definitely we're ordering and, and we'll give you our review, our feedback. No, I'm actually very genuinely going to yeah, order the Marula oil. Yeah. And yes, I will be a testimony of the product because regionally it's within my yeah. region. So let's check it out <laughs> yeah we will definitely but until then good people take care of yourselves take care don't forget to, f- to follow us on our socials you can see it in the descriptions and yeah until then uh yeah continue listening and until then we'll see you soon cheers bye